What's up, you podcast? I'm here today with Codis. What's going on? Yeah, so today we're going to talk about an interesting topic. It's how to overcome sin. Something that's very generic, something that yet we all struggle with because all has sinned and fall short of the glory of God, right? So I wanted to talk about that because there's a bunch of different ways that we can overcome sin. And I think it's, it's a... Uh, there's we can look at it on a uh, a macro level and say that we can overcome sin by believing in Jesus Christ, or we can look at it on a micro level where we look at individual sin and talk about how we've personally overcome it, what the Bible says about overcoming it, that sort of thing. So just getting into it, Codis, what uh do you have any generic thoughts about sin that you want to talk about? Sin what is, is very sin? bad. Yeah, what is sin? Let's go with that first. So sin is I guess I've never thought about what sin is technically, but um, how would you define sin? Sin is like committing a crime against God, if you will. Okay, yeah. I'd say that that applies. Um, I guess I would say that sin is anything contrary to God's will for us. Um, so now that we're in the New Testament, we have the Holy Spirit that lives within us that guides us if we're saved, right? And so it guides us, it teaches us, and that sort of thing. And so if, as Romans chapter 14 says, if we do anything contrary to what we think we should do, then it's a sin, as Romans 14 says. Um, and so it can be any host or any number of things. Literally, if, if the Spirit is telling me to go talk to that person and I don't, I ignore it, that would therefore be a sin. Interesting, because um, in the Old Testament, under Jewish law, they had all the laws found in Leviticus and all that fun stuff. They had 613 total um, and that is what they adhere to. And so now that we're under the grace covenant, we still have the moral laws, which is the Ten Commandments. Um, but even then, like for example, I, th- I guess it's the Fourth Commandment. It talks about the Sabbath. Um, Hebrews chapter 4 says that our Sabbath day is now no longer a day of the week, but rather, again, as Hebrews 4 says, is that our Sabbath is found in heaven once we die. So that will so be we don't have Sabbath. to follow the Sabbath anymore? Mm-mm. Nope. Uh, okay, that's what I thought. A lot of people are like, oh, I follow the Sabbath. I'm like, mm-hmm. I thought we didn't have to, but I don't really want to argue. Nope. nope. We do not have to because now, uh, as Romans talks about, we are no longer under the law. Um, that is the, the law of Moses. So, um, But I guess uh, just to kind of generalize sin, not only is it contrary to God's will, but sin is uh, defined as missing the mark. Um, the mark yeah. being what God has, has given us. And so. They say it's an old, I don't know how true this is, I don't know, but they say it's an old archery term, and so sin is. And so say the mark is the bullseye, and so sin is what they would call it with how far away the shot was from the bullseye. And so um, if it was six inches to the right, let's just say this, if it was six inches to the right, they would say sin, six right. Makes sense? Um, Something like that. And so if sin is missing the mark, then our goal is the mark, right? So... I think of it kind of like this. If we're thinking like an archery term, I'm going to think like an archer. Um, So think of it like this. God is an archer, okay, Um, which I haven't said this analogy in years, so I'll be surprised if I remember it as well as I used to know it. But um, say God is the archer, um, and we are the arrow. Um, And so as he shoots us out, uh, have uh, have you ever looked at an, an arrow fly in slow motion, by the way? No. Okay. So what it does is the 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 uh, the feathers on the end or whatever fletchings, whatever you want to call them, we'll just call them feathers. The feathers actually aid in spinning it in, uh, in a circle. Um, and so what happens is is it controls the wobble when it spins in a circle. Yeah, and so, okay. 
So when an arrow is shot, the arrow just wobbles like really, really bad, like just because of the, the, the way it's, it's an arrow, right? Um, whether you use a stick, whether you use carbon, uh, whatever it is, it wobbles. And so the goal of the feathers is to control the wobble. So the feathers actually spin the arrow in a circle so that the wobble remains in a, uh, a tighter circle. So it's not as like when it wobbles without any feathers, it wobbles like feet. Okay. But when you have the, the feathers to control the wobble, you can actually shoot very consistently every time. And so what happens when you're missing one feather? Well, the arrow actually, the, the, the wobble is not as tightly contained, so you can miss in a, in a greater area. And if you're missing two feathers instead of the, the total of three, if you're missing two feathers, then you miss even bigger. It's going to be less consistent. Yeah. And so uh, every archer knows this. And so whenever an arrow of theirs loses a feather or loses a, a fletching, then they either need to go buy another arrow or they need to get some glue and tape that feather back on. And so uh, because, again that wobble needs to be contained, right? And so God being the archer, what he does is he shoots us out. We're, we're the arrow. And so what is the, uh, we can say that the bow and arrow, uh, what enables the uh, what enables us um, is the Holy Spirit. So, sorry, the bow is the Holy Spirit. And then us being the arrow, um, God gives us something to help control the wobble. You see, it, with, without this, without the Bible, then we are wobbling everywhere. We have no control. Um, mm-hmm. But since God has given us the Bible, we have that thing that can maintain our wobble. And so, uh, anyways, I just think that that's, that's kind of interesting because um, what happens when we quit reading our Bible? Well, if Codus, I'm sure you can attend to this. We, yeah, we start to wobble. We start to wobble. We, we start to sin more and more. And so um, if you've ever faced temptation, it's just a broad generic thing. If you've ever faced temptation, then I promise you that if you just open your Bible and just start reading, I don't care where, your temptation will flee. Um, and the Bible actually says, uh, this an example, says flee from sexual immorality. Uh, mm-hmm. I found that a good way to do that is just opening up your Bible when you feel tempted. The word is alive. It's sharp like a sword. Absolutely. And so Dude. when we stray away from the Bible, even for days or however long, uh, even in hours, we begin mm-hmm. to uh, lose the feathers, okay, because we're staying away from the Bible, mm-hmm. so we lose a feather. And then we we are away from the feathers come off until until ultimately the feathers not even there we don't ever ever even pick up the bible and we're just wobbling like crazy there is no accuracy in the shot you see god has an intended purpose for us right so he tells us to go and make disciples of all nations that is our mission so our mission is to hit that bullseye to go and make disciples of all nations and so yeah. if if we continue to, exactly if we continue to sin uh and we aren't reading the bible then we're not going to hit our mark right um so, of course, God is, is all-knowing. He knows what's going to happen with us. He knows what we're going to do, what we're not going to do, and that sort of thing. But in this analogy, you get the point. The if, the closer we stay in the Word, the more likely we are to hit our mark. So, because yeah. God's a perfect shot. So he's got us right on yeah. the bullseye. It's just up to us if we hit that mark or not, right? We have that choice. Um, we also have that choice to believe in Jesus Christ. Um, so, anyways, talking about sin, now that we have, a, a I guess, a basic understanding of sin and what sin is— um, Let's talk about it. Like, why is it so bad? Codis, how would, how would you answer that? Well, it pulls you far from God. Yeah. Well, it's not... it pulls you far from God. It doesn't pull God right. far from you, I should right, say. Right, right, right. It makes Good, you feel yeah. more distant from God. It gives the enemy an advantage. It makes him feel like he's winning, if you will. It kind mm. of fuels him. Yeah. And uh, sin is kind of the absent or the uh, the opposite of what God wants. So that's yeah. why it's bad. 
Um, and you know, Romans chapter six, it says for the wage of sin is death. So yeah. why is sin bad? Because we're, <laughs> the wage of sin is death. The, the consequence of sin is death. Uh, what's interesting about that is we all sin. Yeah. Glory of God. And Romans so, talks about that. Romans 5, 8. Mm-hmm, sure does. Um, and so because we all fall short of the glory of God, um, none of us deserve to be made righteous. And in fact, without Jesus Christ, none of us will or uh, are made righteous. And so uh, that's the kicker there is still continue to sin, if y'all didn't know that. Um, Romans, yeah. oh, sorry, First uh, John well, chapter perfect. 1. No, not at all. First John chapter 1, verse 8, it says, If anyone tells themselves um, that they are without sin, or they tell you that they are without sin, then they deceive themselves. So we all sin. We all fall short. Um, even after... Heresy? Yeah, what in the heresy? Luke Bauer. <laughs> somebody Luke made a... Uh, somebody made a video saying that they were sinless um, since finding Jesus. Um, and, like... Which I can I can understand I guess kind of the point but but he this is where is a real kicker he said that he upholds the six thirteen and the Bible is very clear that there is no possible way that we can uphold the six thirteen found in the Old Testament and he said that he did um, and and that he does and so <laughs> Luke commented he goes what in the heresy and he tagged me and uh, the dude made a video like making fun of Luke's comment he's like what in the heresy what in the her-? he said it for like thirty seconds and uh, anyways so. Um, none of us are perfect, right? And so Paul kind of talks about this. He kind of talks about the differences in our natures. He gives us, this, uh, he says, we have two natures. We have our uh, fleshly nature and we have our spiritual nature. Codis, can you tell us a little bit about that? So, um, oh man, you keep talking. Give me one sec, actually. I have something okay. to go with this. Okay, so in Romans chapter six through eight, that's where uh, Paul makes the distinctions between the two natures. And so, okay. so oh, go ahead. Uh, I, I finally found it well i i remember it. i didn't find it but so pretty much flesh actually comes from a greek word and i i'm looking for the greek word sarks. right now and what sarks yeah actually yeah 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 and so what flesh stands for is our sinful nature and so um when the bible talks about all oh, like turn away from your flesh it doesn't actually mean like take your flesh off and turn away from it, it means like your sinful nature because even flesh, it's the sin. I guess that, that made no sense, but no, you're 100. Right. I don't know the question. So just tell me what the the flesh is and how it differentiates so, between the spiritual. The flesh nature. is your sinful nature. It's like so. For example, it's it's the devil's it's the devil's Holy Spirit, if you will. Does that make sense? Uh, let me let no. me. <laughs> so it's it's the devil's friend, pretty much. He's like, oh, okay, we're gonna work we go. together and bring go. this person down, because. Anyway, that was a terrible analogy, but the flesh is the opposite of the Holy Spirit. It's like, okay, you can do it one more time. Like, just just, just do it one more time. Like, nobody's watching. It's okay. God still loves you. Like, you can still do it. Okay, well, it, it wouldn't say that. But, like, the flesh is going to hype you up. The flesh is going to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, do it, do it. But then right after, it's going to be like, oh, you're an idiot. Why would you do that? Like, you're a stupid idiot. God doesn't love you. So the mm. flesh is, like, your biggest enemy because the flesh is a bad guy. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's kind of like we all know the the classic devil on one shoulder, uh, angel yeah. on another, right? And so the flesh would be the devil representative there, and then the spirit would be the angel there. Um, now, granted, we have the Holy Spirit living within us, so that is God. Um, but this is talking about the flesh aspect is our wants, our desires, and so um, here's the thing: sin is fun. It really is. If it, it wasn't is. fun, fun then we season. wouldn't do it. 
Exactly. And so our body craves that fun. It craves that uh, temporary pleasure. And so mm -hmm. it says, okay, well, let's do this. Let's do this. And so, but the spirit knows what is best. Right. And so it yes. says, no, 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 we don't need to do that. We need to do this. And so our, our, our bodies are constantly at war within itself between the, the flesh and the spirit. And so the, the spirit is what we need to be guided by. And in fact, Paul says yeah. in, in Romans throughout six through eight and even yeah. beyond that, he says that if you are saved, you will be walking by the spirit and not by your flesh. Yeah. I want to talk about Romans seven here a little bit. So Romans seven, I loved it. Like it was about Paul struggling with his identification. And he says in uh seven twenty four, he says, Oh, what a miserable person I am. And it, you see that a lot when like people get stuck in sin or they get stuck in temptation. It's like that mm. they try hard to get out of this sin. They do it for a little while and they get back into it. And it's just a big loop. And they feel terrible. They feel miserable. And then later on, Paul goes on to say in Romans seven twenty four through 25, it says, who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God that answer is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Mm. So I, I want to kind of, I'm saying all this kind of stuff to show this, that even Paul himself, a great man, a, gr a man who went, he went all over the world to talk about God and everything. Even he still struggled with sin. Everybody except Jesus, obviously struggles with sin. Like, Paul was previous. He said, "Oh, what a miserable man I am! Who will free me from this life that is doomed by sin and death?" But thank God that answers Jesus Christ, our Lord. I guess I, yeah. I probably should have said that last part more near the end. But I want to show you that these great figures still struggle with him, with sin themselves. Right. And like I mean, we, like yeah. the biggest biblical people. Yeah, I and mean, when we look at David, like he murdered, <laughs> was it Uriah, uh, Bathsheba's husband, and yeah. just so that he could have sex with Bathsheba, marry her, and all that fun stuff. Yeah. And uh, like every biblical character sinned except for Jesus. Yeah. Um, and y you pointed out Romans chapter 7, and this is like, I love this verse, and it was right before the one you quoted. It's uh, verse 21, and he's, uh, this is Paul speaking. He says, I've discovered this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably yes. do what is wrong. And we think about that, like how often do, does, do good intentions lead the highway to hell or like pave the highway to hell? You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, like, how often do we want to do what is right, but we inevitably do what is wrong? We always do what's wrong because yeah. that's our fleshly nature. That's just what that's just what that's yeah. just what our our flesh wants. And then right after that, he says, "I love God's law with all of my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind." So again, it's this angel versus devil, like on our shoulders kind of thing. And uh, so let's just let's just kind of dive into it. So now we know that there's two different natures within us, and we know that yeah. sin is one nature and righteousness mm -hmm. is the other nature. And so those who are uh, saved, those who are righteous, those who believe in Jesus Christ, if they truly believe, which let's talk about that for a second. Belief, it's not just like a mindset. No, mm -hmm. when you truly believe that Jesus is the son of man, son of God, that he has come down, he lowered himself, manifested himself in the flesh, he came down so that you and I could have a chance at redemption. If you truly believe that he saved you, then you're going to live in such a way to show that you believe that he saved you. Yeah. So what does that mean? It says, I think it's actually chapter 7, he says, so should I continue sinning so that grace may abound? Absolutely not. Yeah. And so we don't need to continue on sinning. Um, in the sense of choosing to sin. So when we look at these two natures, where uh, it's the flesh versus the spirit, when we're uh, living by the flesh, we are choosing to sin. Are living by the spirit, we're falling into sin, but choosing to walk in righteousness. Yeah, majority so, of the time. A verse that kind of goes with that sort of is Galatians five sixteen. Uh, this is a really mm -hmm. good verse. Um, it says, "So I will walk by the spirit, 
and you, will and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So if we walk with the Spirit, which is the complete opposite of the flesh, our sinful nature, we walk with the Spirit, our heavenly nature, we're going to be able to at least fight those sinful natures a little easier. Right. So I'm not going to say, like, those sinful natures are never going to go away. Like, those temptations are never going to 100% go away. They're going to get easier to fight sometimes, mm -hmm. but they're not always going to be, you know, gone. Right. And to, to kind of add on to that, so you said it's not always going to be easier to fight. So mm -hmm. it's, it the devil has – it, it absolutely could get harder. Yeah, um, like, and if it's not getting harder for you at times, mm -hmm. I'd relook at yourself. Like if the devil's yes. not messing with you, yes. then you might be doing something wrong. If Facts. he's not trying to stop you, then you're probably not doing anything to be stopped for. Facts. And so here's the thing, going coupling off of that because that's a really good point. The devil has a few different strategies that he uses to kind of get mm -hmm. at us. And the first one being he uh, introduces doubt. We see that in Genesis chapter 3, literally the first case of causing man to sin. He says, did God really say? So he introduces doubt. And then secondly, yeah. he tries to, and he, we see this again in Genesis chapter 3, right after that. He says, um, he tries actually to twist truth. And he does the same thing when he tries to uh, get Jesus to sin in the desert, which, of course, Jesus does not sin. And so he does the same thing with us. So firstly, Satan will try to... Um, was I saying? He tries to in, uh, introduce doubt. Secondly, he tries to twist the truth. And then thirdly, um, I think if he if he knows he, he can't have us, he'll try to, to, to distract us. And yeah, so I was just about to say that's a big one right there. That's a whole yeah, sermon itself. Right. And, and you so see that all the time. Like today, mm -hmm. this happened to me. Okay. So I woke up this morning. I was like, oh, I'm going to read my Bible. And I was like, oh, let me look at TikTok real quick. Mm -hmm. And then like two hours, two or three hours passed. I'm like, oh, my goodness. I obviously yes, went yes. to read eventually, but I said I was going to do like two or three hours ago, and I was just, oh, TikTok, oh, another TikTok, yep, oh, yep, oh, yep. oh, crap, I'm distracted. Now I got to go Ooh. do this stuff, and it's it's bad. And another That's thing. That's brutal. Yeah, and Satan, like, social media is the main thing nowadays, so Satan's going to use that all the time. He's going to put oh, temptations yeah. on your social media 24-7. Facts, so. yeah. And – Going off of that, so you talked about the Bible, and it kind of goes back to that original analogy that I said, like, since Satan can't distract us, uh, or sorry, since he can't have us, since we're made righteous through Jesus, he's going to try to distract us. And mm -hmm. so going back to that first analogy, remember what I said? Like, he'll try to distract us from reading the Bible because that, that Bible keeps us in that tight wobble. And so yeah. he, tries to, he tries to take the Bible away from us. He tries to distract us from the Bible so that he can manipulate us easier. Yeah. Let's, let's get that for a second. So how do we respond to these temptations? There's a bunch of different ways, right? Um, but let's look at what Jesus did. We see this in Matthew. I forget the chapter. Uh, I, I know it's early on in Matthew, maybe halfway through. But anyways, so when he's facing temptation in the desert, what does he do? Jesus, he responds with Scripture. Say that. Matthew 5. That's, uh, that sounds four. No, four, four. Because four. Four, three, there's that's a it, baptism, that's and then that's right, four. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah. so that's what he does. And, and so Satan actually straight tempts straight up. So Satan tempts Jesus with, I'm trying to remember, but he t tempts him because he, so Jesus, a little bit of context, he's fasting yeah. for 40 days. So he hasn't eaten. So the first thing that he tempts him with is food, right? So Jesus says, man cannot live on bread alone. Then the second thing, um, was power. Yeah, he says, he yeah. can have all of this. And so he, uh, he tries to give, Satan, or sorry, Satan tries to get Jesus everything as if it's not already going to be his, right? Um, and then yeah. thirdly, he tempts him with, last but not least, 
what I struggle with the most, and I know Codis, you struggle with it too, pride. That's what he tries to get Jesus to do. He says, mm-hmm. if you jump off this building, the angels will catch you. Just prove that you're God. And I don't know about yeah. you, but if it, if it were me, if somebody said prove it, I'd be like, oh, I got to. Oh, or like, you, I'll you show won't. you right now. God's exactly. the Holy Spirit activate. Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, and so, but it's it's really just that. It's just like, a, you won't. You won't. And I'd be like, yeah. I will. You want to bet? I got it, you right here, buddy. That. Yep, my pride would just take over. And so, of course, Jesus being sinless, he was able to conquer that. But he con- he conquered all of it with Scripture. So, again, it goes back to that tight yeah. wobble. we we got to keep those feathers. we got to keep that Bible right there. Yeah. Oh, this, it, this it the says, southern came out. I heard that. Well, easy yeah. there. Uh, <laughs> whatever. Anyway, um, I was going to say, oh, yeah, it's probably in Psalm. But it talks about, like, the the wise no it's in proverbs the wiser you are the better off you are like it's better to be mm-hmm. wise because mm-hmm. if you know your if you if at least if you're wise with the bible and you know your word that's another reason to study your word if you know your word and you you know a lot of scripture mm-hmm. you're gonna be it's gonna be easier to fight with it yes, if you yes. will if you become and, equipped you're gonna be ready to fight absolutely and that's the thing is the equipment in ephesians chapter five it tells us what the armor of god is um, i don't remember all of it off the top of my head i do remember bible man and i should remember it because hey. i watch bible man Oh but uh, even in the Old Testament, what they had to do is they had to memorize the 613 laws so that they would know when they were sinning so that they could not sin, right? So that's what they had to do. Uh, I think similarly, we should do something the, the same case, and we should memorize Scripture. Did, wait, which, by the way, did you know – this is this is crazy. Which Actually, you might have told me this. I don't know. Um, did you know that by the time like the Jewish kids in that day and age were like 12 or 13, they had the entire Old Testament memorized? Well, Yeah. Dude, I I barely have one fourth of the Bible. Where I can, where That's what I'm saying. Literally, the entire Old Testament they had it memorized. Dude, by the time just, they were twelve or thirteen. Well, they didn't have the New Testament, so they had the whole Bible recognized. Yeah, which or maybe it was the six thirteen laws. I'm pretty sure it was the know, entire Old still, Testament. Still, That's a lot. Yeah. Um. Actually, I I want to Google that just to verify. Um. But so it goes back to it, you know. Oh, you know, actually, you know, you want to pull up uh, Ephesians chapter five and read the, uh, the um, yeah, armor situation. Um, so we're talking about how to combat sin, and we haven't even gotten into specifics yet, like individual sins, which we probably won't necessarily dive too deep into that. We will tell, t- or at least I'll tell personal testimony. I don't, you can if you want, go to us. Um, but uh, in the meantime, do you have Ephesians five pulled up the? Uh, armor situation so what ephesians tells us okay so what ephesians tells us is that um we aren't against flesh and blood uh we aren't fighting wars against flesh and blood no the wars that we're fighting is against powers and principalities um things of an unseen world is what the bible says that we're up against so what it's saying is is that we're similar to how like our, our our internal battle is with flesh versus spirit similarly we are fighting a war against the devil and his demons uh, it's a spiritual war so go ahead and read it for us all right so chapter five what all of it um scroll down to the the armor it should be ephesians five um there's a little bit of a of a, of a lag for the, the uh the video oh by the way if you're watching or if you're listening audio we are going onto youtube now um we're going to yeah. stay on the spotify and all the other audio places but we are going to it's on here it might be Ephesians six. Check Ephesians six. Um, but we're gonna we like we currently have video streaming right now, so we're gonna be on YouTube and all that cool stuff. Uh, it's really neat. Um, well, armor of God. Here we go. So finally, okay, cool. be strong in the Lord and His might. 
put on the full armor and take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the dark uh, world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet filled are fitted with the readiness that comes with the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith in which you can extinguish all the flames, the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which of which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit that all occasions with the kind of prayer and request. Uh, with this in mind, be alert and always keep and keep on praying for the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fear, fear, fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray for me, pray that I may declare in it fearlessly as I shall or should. Perfect. So it talks about the, the armor of God there. We're supposed to have this armor against basically the devil and his, his, uh, his army. <laughs> so just to clarify, I did Google it and it is... By the age of ten, they would have the entire first that's five crazy. books and the first five books of the Bible memorized. So that's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, all Here of it memorized. Are. By the age of ten, that's insane. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. There's the salvation. You got the helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, belt of truth, mm. shield of faith, sword of the spirit, and shoes of gospel of peace. I love that. So swag. Cool. Uh, I love the analogies that Paul gives. He gives tons of analogies. Uh, yeah, like he, Paul's he, a cool guy. Yeah, which you should write I, the Bible. Yeah, yeah, he totally should. You know what? I I bet you he did. Like he, he just sounds like the guy that wrote a lot of the New Testament. He yeah, does. like one third, something like that, dude. I think it's like fourteen books in the New Testament of of the like twenty seven. I think. Really. Yeah, something like that. Um, wow. But you know, Luke, who was Paul's uh, basically disciple. Um, he, oh, I thought we were talking about Luke Gower. Oh, no, no, no. Luke, the, the guy in the Bible, um, he actually yeah. wrote more than Paul in terms of words. Technically, um, he only, yeah. And he only wrote two books, um, which is interesting. That just goes to show how big the, the book of Luke and Acts are, because um, those are the two that he wrote. But um, So what was the point I was going to make with that? Anyways, so yeah. Put on um, that armor of God if you want to fight sin. <laughs> right, 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 right. That's right. The spiritual warfare. Get equipped. So, so we have to know that that is the devil's goal is to, again, uh, he's trying to, the, the three things that mm-hmm. the devil is going to try to do, he's going to try to uh, introduce doubt. That's number one. He's going to try to twist the truth, which is, of course, the Bible. That's how we know what truth is. And then he's going to distract us if he knows he can't have us. So just remember those three things. Really cool. Really simple. Um, but when we think of spiritual warfare, we know since Satan's goal because he's a, he's a he's a sore loser. We talk about that all the time. Yeah, he, he has daddy big, issues. He has daddy issues. He really does. You look up what the symptoms of daddy issues are, and that's exactly what Satan has. Okay, so he has daddy issues. He's a sore loser. And so what is it, what does the sore loser try to do? He tries to bring the the winner down with him, right? So he's going to try to cheat. He's going to try to do all these bad things. So Satan knows how loved you and I are by God. And so what he's going to try to do is he's going to try to take us away from God because he doesn't want God to have what he wants. 
So he's going to try to take us away from that because God wants us all. The Bible says he wants mm. everybody to be saved. And I think that's in Thessalonians somewhere. Maybe it's in Timothy. Yeah. Anyways, he wants everybody to be saved. But of course, God being sovereign and all-knowing, he knows that not everybody will be saved because he knows that people will <laughs> fall into the lie of the devil. That's just how it is. Mm-hmm. And so how do we stay away from the lie of the devil? We have to you know walk the in the spirit. Walk in the spirit. Know the truth. Contain yeah. the wobble. Stay in the Bible. Yeah. Um, so I actually want to point this out. So walk is a Greek word. Did you know that? You know what it means? What's it mean? So it comes from the Greek word uh, peripatio, uh, P-E-R-I-P-A-T-E-O, and it means continues regular action, habitual Mm. way of life. So walk in the spirit, continue a a way of action. A habitual way of life. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, no, that's, that's perfect. And so actually in 1 John, it says for those who walk in the light, um, all of their sins, past, present, future, have been forgiven, right? And that's First John mm-hmm. chapter one. I think it's verse seven. I think. Um, and so, for those who walk in the light, you said that it's a habitual thing. If you're walking in the spirit, it's like this: like if you're in a room that's very well lit, and you're walking in the room and you fall, are you still? Yeah. Are you still in the light in that room? Absolutely. Just because you fall, it doesn't mean that you've fallen out of God's grace. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's not biblical. In John chapter ten, verse thirty, it says that God has us in the grasp of His hand. Can you? Are you powerful enough to open God's hand? Absolutely not. God holds you in His grasp, and so if we're walking in the light and we fall, we are still in the light. So it's just yeah. something really, really cool. Um, yeah. And so I say all that because I'm I'm trying to get to this point that yeah. we are in a time of spiritual warfare, um, and well, Satan no is going. To, Satan's going to do whatever he can to make us feel like we're not in the light. Okay, so Paul says that we have to end the race in faith. He says, sorry, in Second uh, Timothy yeah. chapter 4, he says, I fought the good fight, I've ended the race in faith. So we know that we have got to end the race in faith. It's very important. That's the goal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so in First John chapter 2, verse 19, it says, for those who have left the church, it shows that they never truly belong to the church. So what does that mean? It means that if you, somebody dies not in faith, then they were never truly saved because they, they were never truly a part of the church. Yeah. So I'm saying that because you need to stay firm, contain the wobble, get into the Bible, walk in yeah. the faith, be habitual in your faith. Um, mm-hmm. So you have a thought? I want to end it with this or at least have my concluding thoughts. You know, okay. uh, sexual okay. sin, it feels great now. You know, saying those mean texts, it feels good now. All these sins, you know, the sin, sin and like the desires of the flesh, it has an immediate payoff. But mm. the thing is, if we push that payoff away now the payoff we're going to get later on in life the the one where our eternal life that reward that payoff is way better than that immediate payoff now yes, yes, so yes. as as easy as it is said than done you don't need that flesh stuff Th- those great cool you know great feels great in the moment but later on there is way better feeling there's a way better reward awaiting for you yes absolutely um to, to wrap up my thoughts on sin, how to overcome it, I told you those those things about how the devil's going to try to whatever, try to, to, to take us away from God. Um, I also talked about scripture, but the Bible also talks about one more thing, and it's fasting. Um, and I'm not going to dive into fasting, what it is or whatever. Uh, we have an episode about that. Roughly. We do, and it's a really, really good episode. Uh, it's all it's on Spotify, Apple, everywhere you listen to podcasts. Yeah, plug. It's not, it's not on, that's right. It's not on YouTube. Um, you'll have to go check it out, but it's really insightful. Um, but I'll say this. When you fast, it teaches you how to overcome your flesh. 
And when you yeah. overcome the flesh, the devil has nothing to hold on to. We see this in Second uh, Corinthians chapter 12. Paul is talking about a thorn in his side. And so this thorn, as described in his side, is something that kept him from becoming prideful because he had seen the third heaven, as he says in Second, uh, Second Corinthians 12. And so he, uh, God allowed this thorn, which Paul called was a demon. So we know that this is how uh, Satan attaches to us, is through the flesh. Um, huh. So if we are able to overcome the flesh, Satan has no stronghold over us at all. Mm -hmm. And so what that's, again, that's what fasting teaches us is how to completely overcome the flesh. Really cool. Yeah, because um, food, most needed mm -hmm. human desire. And if we can yep. fight that, we can fight anything. That's right. Absolutely. And yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Um, so I was going to tell stories of like personal testimony um, regarding just overcoming sin. But every single one, it just boils down to when we actually overcame it, uh, at least speaking for me, I can't speak for you, Codus. The only way I was able to overcome sin um, was through the things I just listed, through scripture and through fasting. Those, Very true. I can, yeah, I bet uh, that that's, I Fasting helped me overcome addictions. It helped me overcome um, pride. It really helped with pride because um, I was able to bite the tongue because um, I'm a very prideful individual. Like, oh, sorry. Oh. My wife <laughs> My wife was getting a – I'm using my wife's computer, and she was getting a phone call. Oh. Um, I'll have to fix that next time. But anyways, so – I'm going to have to again. Sorry. Um, so anyways – so the point I was trying to make is scripture is what allows us to uh, conquer our, our, our sin. There we go. That and fasting. So fasting helped addiction. It helped pride. Um, I'm a very confident individual. That's what I was getting at. I'm a very confident individual. Um, you can watch me. I'm just, I'm just, I smirk, I guess, because I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Uh, I don't know. Well, I'm too happy. Now. All right. <laughs> so, Boy, I didn't mean um, it like that. Never mind. That's not, anyway. Uh, I, I wasn't taking it that way, <clears throat> but uh, we'll go with it. It's called me fruity. Ah, got it. Okay, makes sense. I didn't know how to take it. Um, so I, I'm a, all right. I'm gonna, you know. Um, anyways, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> we have a laugh track. Yeah, we do. Um, so, anyways, I say that because oh, wrong one. Anyway, if, you, if you're if you're dealing with sin, the Whoa. best way to do is to give it to God. Um, yes. you can do that by not only praying, uh, you can do that through reading scripture and also through fasting. Um, but of course, if you're not saved and this will be the kind of segue codice, if you're not saved, then the best way to get rid of all of your sin is to believe in Jesus Christ. The Bible says that for those who believe in Jesus, there is now therefore no condemnation. Um, and so when we believe in Jesus Christ, what happens is as we see through, I think it's Romans chapter three and Romans chapter five, it says that when we believe we are then made right in God's sight. So basically what happens is, is because of our belief, we have the Holy Spirit come live within us, right? And that the mm -hmm. Holy Spirit is God. And so when we die, because we have the Holy Spirit living within us, instead of it being judgment day, it's now redemption day. And then on redemption day, the Holy Spirit advocates, it's called our advocate, it advocates before the Father, uh, or sorry, to the Father for us. So of course, just kind of give understanding of it, then Jesus also does the same thing. He says, I know him, I know her, and he advocates to us before the Father. So the Father is looking at something called the Book of Life. Um, it says that all of our names from the beginning of time are written in this Book of Life. And so it's, it's more of an analogy than a, a, than a, a factual like, kind of thing. It's just to help 
uh, humans understand. But there is, it's, it's, I mean, it's a legitimate thing called the Book of Life. Feel free to Google it, look into it. But anyways, I say all that to say this. If you are not saved, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then I highly recommend that you find him, that you know him, and that you get to walk with him. Again, it's a habitual thing that Codas talked about. Walk with Jesus, walk in the Spirit. Um, and once you do that, yes, you're going to fall. You're going to stumble. But if you believe in Jesus Christ, then you are now in the light. Yeah. And if you stumble and fall, congratulations, you're still in the light. Just so I long think as you it's, continue. Uh, Proverbs 24, I think it says that a righteous man falls down seven times and, get, and still gets back up. Mm. Love that. Yeah, it's so true. So um, you're going to continue to fall. But make sure, this is this will be my, my last advice, make sure that you have somebody that can keep you accountable. Yeah. Um, whether that be a small group, whether that be a wife, a spouse, um, or a best friend, whoever it may be, make sure you have somebody that can keep you accountable. Um, my wife does that. She uh, She's like, you're really prideful today. <laughs> so she gets me. Um, but uh, anyways, so get you somebody that keeps you accountable, somebody that's willing to talk you down, somebody that, that's yeah. so, like my wife. She's my hype man, right? But she's also somebody that my brings hype, me back man. down when I need it. Man, so, y'all's uh, relationship is the best. Well, every relationship is a relationship. It takes work. Um, but uh, we've got it good. God has blessed us abundantly. So, um, But anyways, and if you're a Christian, um, congratulations on knowing Jesus. Uh, continue yeah. to... to follow the guidelines of the bible of this in my hand right here the biblay which stands for it's a it's not it's not a biblical acronym but we're, we just got somebody made it up somewhere along the way and they said it's basic instructions before leaving earth it's the bible. human the human manual the human manual the instruction manual the owner's yeah. manual whatever you need it'll yeah. get you through life um if at the very least you know um not that this life entirely matters because life is meaningless thanks solomon um <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know, it is God's word. And so if you ever, like a lot of times, this is my last point. A lot of times we, we think, okay, well, if I could just get a, a, a word from God uh, to let let me know that he's there. You've got 66 books full of words right there contained, contained within the, Bible, the, the binder there. So God well, has given us. 66 words. But... Sorry, 66 books that contain a bunch of words. Um, being petty there. Oh, I'm glad you caught that. Yeah, only 66 words. That's it. <laughs> um, so get into it. Read it. Uh, Jesus is God. If at the very least you don't want to read everything, just read what Jesus says. He says, go and make disciples it's of all red. nations. It's easy to see. That's right. Well, some Bibles. Most Bibles, I guess. The red letter editions. But, uh, and then love God and love others. And that's really that's really it. So um, if that's to rededicate your life to Christ, you feel like you've been walking away you've been led astray you've been walking by the flesh and not by the spirit or maybe you you've recognized that you've never been a part of the entire like the christian faith thing and you you think you know what i'm maybe i'm not that great of a person like maybe i do screw up all the time and maybe maybe this whole christian thing is right maybe i do need a savior somebody to save me from the consequence of my sin the the sin the wage of sin being death so i need somebody i need a savior to save me from death so if that's you and you want jesus to save you I've got news for you, and Codus is going to deliver it. So, uh, repeat a prayer after me here. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. Please forgive me and come into my life. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Now, please help me to live the rest of this life for you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you all for listening. I love you. Codus loves you. And God loves you. Godspeed.